Well, hey, everybody, I'm Kenny Jang with the Church Butler Lunch and Learn. Thank you for joining us for today's session. Um, I think today is going to be an interesting one. Uh, we always are trying to deliver some real practical value here. And one of my latest friends, Jackson, is with us today. Welcome to the show, Jackson. It's great to hear from you, Kenny. So, uh, Jackson, let's get straight to it. We're going to talk about Facebook ads. And one of the things that caught my eye recently is a uh, post that you put up um, going through some really practical tips, things that I think are probably the, f the top five things, literally the top five things you should be thinking about if you're actually running Facebook ads for your church. But before we get to that, um, I'd love for you to just give us um, your elevator pitch as to who you are and what you're doing in the ministry that you're associated with. Okay, so yes, I work for Four Ministry Resources. Um, we're a nonprofit based out of a Bible college up here in New York. And uh, what we do is we try and be a creative team for churches right in, in their back pocket. Um, we have a real heart for the local church, for the small church, uh, for the church who uh, maybe cannot afford a creative pastor, let alone a creative team. So we exist to serve them. We provide graphic design, website support, and uh, numerous online resources to help the local church. That's pretty cool. And so on that website uh, for Four Ministry Resources, uh, mm -hmm. you wrote a post called Five Tips That Will Help Your Church Crush Facebook Ads. And I know that Facebook ads, especially if you're hanging out in any of the church communications related um, groups on Facebook and other forums, uh, Facebook ads are all the rage this year. People are oh, yeah. seemingly waking up to this resource uh, that's very efficient, cost effective, and uh, something that people should be trying out for Easter in particular. Um, so I'd love for us to just go through these five tips so that people get a sense of, um, you know, what they should be watching out for. Because, you know, Facebook itself doesn't make it necessarily the easiest cakewalk to set up a campaign and, and go through, um, you know, doing the analytics and trying to figure out what to do. So, Understood. Um, give, us, give us an understanding of your first tip. First tip you say, I think this is a very strategic one. Um, you say send people to a landing page, not just your website. What do you mean by that? Okay. So when I first started doing Facebook ads, I would literally just do the send people to my website option. And, you know, let's say we were promoting a church event. We would usually run ads for outreach events. We would run them for vacation Bible schools a lot, and we ran them for holidays. Um, and what we were doing is just sending to our church and we were noticing that we would definitely you can on WordPress you can see where people are clicking and what they're doing tremendous fall off people were just coming to the homepage looking around and leaving um, but so now what we try and do and what we help churches do is uh, send them to an actual landing page on the site that no one can access unless they're using that link so that way you can see exactly who is going there and how they're getting there. You can look at those numbers and you can see what's working. Um, that's, a, that's just a game changer, especially if you're trying to collect some info. Like don't be afraid to ask for a person's email address. Like don't be afraid to ask for their phone number. Like you wanna keep it like a, a small form, but if you're using a landing page, you can gear people to sharing who they are with you so not only are they no longer a mystery visitor, they're now a person you can potentially connect with. Yeah, well, that's, that's great. That's a, a very wise strategy. Let's unpack that a little bit more. When you say mm -hmm. um, this uh, orphaned landing page, as we call them here, this, this page that you set up mm -hmm. that's not available elsewhere, you're talking about it's not available in the navigation 
your regular website menu Correct. exactly, right? <laughs> Correct, yes. Not like a private page necessarily, but we're not it's not a page that everyone's going to. It's a so I do that so I can look at the analytics for that page and I can know exactly what the ad did. Right. I so can know who came there. So the only people that go to the page, the only people that are reporting in your Google Analytics or whatever package you have, mm -hmm. you know for a fact that, that those people came from your Facebook campaign. And so then you Correct. can make better decisions on your Facebook campaign, right? That's what basically you're doing. Honestly, sometimes I'm a little suspicious of the numbers Facebook give me. So <laughs> I, I want to run my Jetpack and my Google Analytics myself. Yeah, that's great. So what? how are you setting up those pages? Are you using external software or are you just creating a, a page within WordPress? We're creating them on WordPress. Um, so we try and keep them as simple as possible, really geared towards the call to action. So you, I mean, the biggest mistake you can make is have a whole bunch of text there. Probably the best thing you can do is have a video there. Um, some very clear what you're here for and nothing else. Well, um, give me a sense of the video. What would you, what would the video actually say? How long is it? And uh, what, what literally would you say? So I can give you a, a real world example. So we, we ran an ad for our Christmas drive through um, our church was doing a very large Christmas outreach event where um, – I'm sure you've seen these before. I don't need to explain what those are. Um, and so when they went to the page, they saw our pastor walking through the drive-thru explaining what it was. It was under a minute, and it was and it always said as if you want information, put in your email below. And uh, so that's how we collected data. And that that page, that landing page really drove results, gotcha. probably more so than gotcha. any page I've done. Gotcha. And so for a campaign like that, um, how, approximately how much should a church be spending? What's a, everyone asks me is the first question is how much should our budget be? It seems like very expensive to run ads. We're a small church. We can't afford a lot. Um, what, what's a, a decent sized budget or what's a minimum budget that someone should be thinking about? Very good. You broke up a little bit, but I think you asked budget. Is that correct? Yes, yes. Marvelous. Okay. So um, when it comes to budget, um, it's really according to, of course, what church you're at. Like, I know the budget I was using at my previous church would literally make my trustees pass out at my current church. <laughs> I mean, it really is different for every church. Um, so you really want to look at what you're currently spending on promotion. Um, you, you don't want to be, you know, going crazy. So I can just give you some real numbers. Um, we spent um, $1,000... Um, total um, last year to do Facebook ads. And I think that's a safe number. I mean, I know some people are like, that's way too little. And some people are like, that's way too much. And, you know, I really don't know what money you're spending. Um, but a thousand was a pretty good number. Um, you never want to run those like $5 ads that Facebook tries to sell you. Um, because I've just seen they don't really do much. You want to at least, your ad, you want to at least be investing in the 50 to 100 range um, for that ad. Uh, so if you do that, you know, if you do a $100 ad, you know, 10 times, you've hit the $1,000 threshold. So I feel like $1,000 is a safe number, um, and that could be definitely compare that to your audience, though, to your church. I mean, if you're a church that your total operating budget is $300,000, then I feel like a $1,000 budget is safe. But if you're, if you're in the, the $100,000 range, I mean, if you're in the, the $1 million range, I would definitely say increase based on that. Right, right. That sounds great. Mm -hmm. 
And so um, on the landing page, what what were some of the results? Someone, how how should people expect the visitors to be responding? What percentage of people actually filled out those forms? Is it mm -hmm. like direct mail where you're expecting 1% of the people who hit the page actually <laughs> sign up? It's a, uh, I wouldn't say 1%, but I would say that I've seen that double digits. If you can hit that 10, you did well. I mean, I have seen a lot of people beat themselves up because they maybe ran an ad and they only had like a, you know, an eight, 9% conversion. That's, that's really good. I mean, getting that many emails is tremendous. Um, so don't beat yourself up over these percentages. Like, I mean, I would say anything in the 3% to 10%, you're doing really well um, on those ads because people just are weary about doing that. And um, you do certainly want to keep the information so clean and so crisp on your landing page that it's unmistakable when that event is and where it is. I mean, as long as those two things are really up front and center, then maybe someone doesn't put in their info, but they go, you know, they remember that right. or they make a note of that. Great. They, so, it makes an impression. So the, sec the second piece of advice you give is that targeting is crucial. And one of the questions I recently had from a church is, aren't I targeting everybody in my community? Why do I need to target? And who would I target to begin with? So help us with that. That is a really good question. Is this the one where I, I don't even remember the blog. Is that where I talk about demographics a little bit? Yeah, some examples? Talk, well, you say that, you know, you don't just hit the blind boost button, right? You need a proper audience. And, I hate that thing. Um, you're talking about targeting. So let's just talk about how do you go about targeting? Do you, there's a lot of levers and buttons available in Facebook. Um, what are some of the first demographics or groups that you go to to consider when you target? Um, and yet again, I'm not being, I'm not being, I'm not generalizing people here. Um, I have found that mothers really, they're, they're a really good demographic for Christian events, especially events for children. Um, so definitely if you're doing Facebook ads, demo, do that mom demo is a really good demographic. Um, I have just, that's just something I have found in my experience. And I, that's only talking about the, the communities I've been in. So that could be different anywhere you are. So the most important advice here, and I don't want to jump the gun when you're building your demographic, is you need to see what works for you. Like write down what worked. Like there was a, when we were running a test last summer for a ministry, we ran ads just to see the amount of clicks we got. Um, that's all we did. We didn't even care about the result yet. We just ran five different ads to see what demo got the most clicks. Mm. Identical content, identical headlines, but it was just a test to see what demo got us results. I mean, if you can invest $150 in doing that, um, a lot of people can't, but if you can do that test, then you're collecting very valuable information that you can use. And it's that is basic market research. So it's very basic, but it's basic market research that you can use when you run your ads in the future. Yeah. So you need to test it is the most important thing. One of the things that we're doing on campaigns is out of the gate, we'll have five cloned copies of the same ad. And so we will mm -hmm. do men and women. So that's the first split. Okay. And then mm -hmm. we'll do it across, actually it's more than five. We'll do it across three different um, age groups. Age categories. Mm -hmm. Yeah, age categories. And then we will do a geographic restriction. And so then you can start to tell, oh, women 25 to 34 versus men 55 and over. 
are the ones that are actually getting all, all the activity. And then what you can do is uh, go down and break it down further. There was one campaign we even then split the age groups even further and got it down to two-year age groups and mm -hmm. saw that within a decade demographic span, there was a specific two two-year age period that actually we're doing all the clicking. And so um, I, I love the fact that you are targeting as one of the priorities for what you're doing. Isn't that information so valuable? Like what you, what you found out, that's brilliant. I mean, that information is just so useful in doing this. And if you plan on taking ads seriously, you've got to do it. I mean, yeah. you've got to do your own market research to see what demographic works for you. Definitely, definitely. So the next one you say is set specific outcomes for your ad so that mm -hmm. you can track them. Um, yes. What do you mean by this? Shouldn't ads just mean come to our church or it's just, I mean, you're just trying to get the word out. Mm -hmm. There are a couple of things that churches fall into that I have. First of all, I've done this and I've seen people doing this before. The first thing we do is we look at engagement and uh, or um, yes, engagement. Or basically we, we look at who has hovered over our post or who has seen our post, the reach. Those numbers don't mean a lot. Um, yes, it's eyeballs on your post. But for all you know, that eyeball was someone who was mindlessly scrolling. I mean, that might not have counted. Um, so you definitely want to look at hardcore, hardcore tangible facts like clicks, click-throughs, visits, and definitely if you're trying to collect information, form fill-outs. That's going to be your, your holy grail. But one thing I've run into is that we kind of emotionalize things a little bit. And we, we tend to like to, to like to make it about how, oh, we did this and it looked good. But the, the matter of fact is, you know, there's nothing wrong with setting a numeric goal and trying to stick with it. If you want the outcome to be 12 new vacation Bible school signups, set that outcome. And you can learn what behavior came from your ad. Because the bottom line is you want to you want to reinforce or you want to you want to trigger behavior. You want action to happen. So you need to definitely write down what behavior you want and put a number to it. And at first, you're going to be shooting in the dark. You're going to be throwing a dart and not knowing where it's going to land at first. Um, but once you have a feel for what happens, then you want to start setting those numbers based on what you've experienced. Go higher, go lower. And you always want your goal to be a goal, not something that just easily comes to you. Yeah. Um, in your article, you talked about two specific goals, which I love is, um, as an example, goal to increase your Facebook audience by 30 and write it down and track it. Another one is uh, if you want to see two new families to visit your church this month, um, write it down and pray for it and track. And I love the fact you're being so concrete in yeah. prescriptions for people to try out. Well, the mm -hmm. next one is talking about having a clear call to action. Um, mm -hmm. First, can you just let's just review what is a call to action? These CTAs as we mumble mm -hmm. jumbo. There's a lot of jargon out there. What's a call to action? And what yes. is a clear call to action in your mind? This is something we're bad at in the church um, because we don't like telling people what to do. Um, if we start on traditional marketing, it's much easier. Um, act now, get 20% off. Um, you know, buy now, uh, sign up today before the cost goes up. You know, in traditional marketing, pretty much every commercial you've seen has some type of call to action, some type, every type of ad. In churches, it's different. But your call to action might be um, visit us, um, visit us this Sunday. One thing we did that worked pretty well, pretty well, is um, we gave away prizes to people, prizes. We gave away gifts to people that mentioned the ad. And that ended up really producing some fruit. Um, 
So you want to actually have a clear, this is what you want to do. So you want to say, visit on this day. You want to say, like us on Facebook. And it might seem silly, but actually ask for the like. And you'd be surprised that you see an increase in likes. Gotcha. And you want that in the ad or the landing page or both? Oh, that's a, that's a great question. Um, that's something you might want to play with. Um, that could go in your copy over the ad, um, or that could go on your landing page. I, I'll have to. That's something. That's a great question. Um, that's uh, something that I definitely think uh, you'll have to see what works. Um, I usually put it in the copy. Is where I usually put it. So with the ad, gotcha. but. Uh, I don't think I should put it on the landing page. I mean, you definitely want it front and center on the landing page, but uh, when the person is is at the place where they can actually do the action, you want to be sure they see it a lot. So definitely. I would say you want a couple, maybe two or three of the exact same call to action. Nice. And the last one I think is uh, something that everyone gets a sense of happening is that you're saying use video, right? Our culture and social media and digital is going that direction. Tell us a little bit about why it is so important about video ads on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Video ads are one of those things that I'm still experimenting with that we're, I feel like I personally haven't crushed. Um, but it's something that I'm just seeing. They work so well. Um, now, one thing I've seen around this Easter, actually, um, I'm seeing quite a few pastors sitting in their office talking about their Easter service and paying for me to see it. So they clearly um, put me in a demographic, um, but they don't have any text right there. And I think I think I pulled these numbers, but I think it's like 85% of Facebook videos do not get sound put on them. They're just going to watch it quick. So you don't want to depend on that sound. Um, but Facebook videos are just, Facebook is becoming a video platform. Like entire industries are taking off on Facebook video. So you definitely, when using video, you want to use it well, you want it to be short, you want it to be clear, and you want it to be visually appealing. Do you think it's important to have a full, like a real cameraman and a media team? Or do you think that it's okay to use an iPhone or a mobile mm -hmm. phone to create your video ads? Because many churches don't have the resources of a large media-centered church. I might, now this this might separate me from some of my peers. <laughs> Sometimes in the church community, I think lack of, I think the, the not super professional video works well hmm. because it makes you seem real. Like that's similar to what my friend was just posting. They're using a live video on an iPhone. That's really relatable. Sometimes church advertising makes the church seem unrelatable. Like it's a picture of a guy standing in front of a mountain with his hands up and you're a church in Kansas. doesn't make any sense. That's so unrelatable. But just a guy with his phone or, uh, you know, a video of you sharing your heart, those things are very relatable. So I'm not telling you to run from being professional. That's not my advice here. But what I'm saying is that if you're authentic and if you're like a down-to-earth person, people might really find that endearing. I love that suggestion, especially because – these Facebook video ads are actually going to be seen in the context of a news feed where you're seeing amateur webcam videos from everybody else, right? Um, yes. So now, one thing that one thing can I, can I add something to that? I'm yeah, so sorry. Definitely. Um, I just I just saw this the other day. I was watching Snapchat. I'm, I, I I use Snapchat a lot, and um, nowadays it used to be you could easily tell when an ad was coming up because the video quality would instantly change. 
Now a lot of companies are actually built. It looks like they're making their commercials on Snapchat using an iPhone. And so there's no distinguishing and they're using people in selfie mode. A lot of, I saw Domino's is doing this really well. If you look at Domino's advertising, it looks like it was made by an amateur and they're doing it on purpose so they can blend in because they have the money for a crew. But when they're doing this amateur look, looking advertising, they blend into the newsfeed and they blend into the, the Snapchat role. So that way it's, it, it, you keep paying attention versus automatically disconnecting because it's an ad. Yeah, definitely. That's a way to fight against what we in the industry call banner ad blindness, right? Mm -hmm. um, we've trained ourselves as consumers to ignore ads um, yeah. if we know what they are, where they are. So that's a great way to actually fit in and actually have a, a better engagement. So, And it probably actually would put the past or the person on camera a little bit more at ease. Sometimes these professional mm -hmm. setups are you know, really too much stress inducing environments. Yes. I just trying to, trying to shoot people on set is probably one of the hardest things you'll ever, I mean, all my church communication guys know people get so nervous when the lights are up and that big camera's on their face. They get so nervous. Right. Right. And so doing a selfie video might be something you test out, right? That's what you're saying. Totally. Okay, so that's a roundup of the five things that we should be thinking about. Thank you so much for sharing with us these practical tips and insights. Uh, one question I have is, um, if someone wanted to get in touch with you today, what's the best way to do that? If you could give us some of your digits, is there uh, yeah. an address for a homing pigeon or a telegram? How do we get in touch with you, Jackson? <laughs> um, I am on everything as Jackson Jarrell. Now, let me spell that for you. It's J-A-C-K-S-O-N, G as in giraffe. A-R-R-E-L-L. -L. You can find me everywhere, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, as Jackson Jarrell. Um, so you can find me everywhere at that handle. Perfect. Um, thank oh, you. JacksonJarrell.com. I blog at JacksonJarrell.com. Yeah, I love that site as well. Everyone should check that out today. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. Um, and everyone here, if you guys have more questions, would uh, really suggest that you check out um, the Church Butler blog. That's where the video version of this interview is going to be posted podcast is on itunes and stitcher radio thank you so much for being with us jackson uh, we definitely have to have you back for another round of tips um, and tricks for facebook advertising god bless you kenny i love what you're doing man have a good day everybody again thanks for being with us today for our lunch and learn we always want to know what you've learned from this session and others so give us some feedback and thumb up this podcast episode so uh, we can share it with others across the kingdom i'm kenny jang thanks for visiting us and uh check check out uh, the next le uh, lesson for um this lunch and learn series we're going to talk about instagram and their new ad formats and their new posting formats uh next time on the church butler lunch and learn